so I, I am this finishing up this series today called What's the Deal About Church? And our series text has come from Psalms 92. It says, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The, the stock market can crash. God's people are going to be taken care of. Times could get terrible. God's going to watch over his people. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. That's, that's God's plan for you, to be planted in his house so you can spiritually mature, so you can be blessed, so you can direct others toward the Lord. Verse 14, it says, they still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. To declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no one unright there is no unrighteousness in him. Let me speak to our older saints. I'm very careful not to put a number on that, but I am one. And how many of you can say, how many of you at verse 15 can agree with that, that you can declare that the Lord is upright, that he is being, if this is you, would you stand up on your feet and declare the faithfulness of God? Have you proven him to be faithful in your life? Hasn't he proven himself to be faithful? Faithful beyond our faithfulness, amen? To declare the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Getting old in the Lord ain't so bad. Amen. The church is the house of the Lord. The church is vitally important to your spiritual growth. The church helps you to develop it, flourish into the person God has destined you to be. And I tell you, man, if move church, if there's a reason why you can't commit here, commit somewhere where God's word is preached, the whole word where the Spirit of God has the liberty to move and do what he wants, find you that place and commit to it. It's important to you. So the church is a big deal. It's a big deal to God, and it should be to you and me. If it wasn't so important, why would the devil fight you so hard to keep you out of it? And that Sunday morning, sleep. It's sweeter than any other time, ain't it? The devil wants to do his best to keep you away from the courts of the house of the Lord where you will flourish and be blessed. So today, our text for this message speaks of a great event that's going to take place for the church in heaven. It's going to happen. I believe it's going to be soon. It comes from Revelation 19. It says, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God. Uh, I don't know where my scripture went. Let me go here. Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory 
for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride, which is the church, has made herself ready. I want to talk to you just a few moments with the help of the Holy Spirit. The title is The Ready Church. The Ready Church. Would you bow with me, please? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. You're so faithful. I thank you that you are already ministering in this house. Holy Spirit, you have complete liberty. You are the boss. I know you're here to bring us all closer to Jesus. I pray today a word that would come, Lord, that would change someone's life. Pray a touch. Pray that you would wrap your arms around those that just need comfort today. I know you can do all of this and so much more. And in this room, we believe you can and you will. And church, can you pray this with me? Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. They'll get the screens going. Just give them a little time. But if you have your notes or your app, be sure to download the Move Church app. You'll find it all there. Let me give you three descriptions of the church. Three descriptions. Two are implied. Um, excuse me, one is implied. Uh, the first one is this, the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 says this, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. That you individually make up as, as, as a Christian, you are a part of the body of Christ. And when we come together, the church is his body joined together. It's not about a denomination. If the church uh, has Jesus as the head, that church is a part of his body. The church is the body of Christ, and the church has wonderful benefits when Christ leads the church. The church we see in our text also, the church is the bride of Christ, the bride of Christ. And we see that this great marriage between Christ and the bride is described in Revelation. It's a time where the church is united with Christ with nothing to separate us. It's going to be a wonderful union with Christ. We're going to look at that just a little bit closer because the scripture says the church has made herself ready and we want to be ready for all that the Lord has. And then the third thing, this, this is where it's indirectly uh, described as the army of God. The church as the army of God. 2 Timothy 2 verse 3 and 4 says this, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, excuse me, of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. So when you receive Christ, you were enlisted into his army, the army of God. Who enlisted you? Jesus did. You gained a mission with your faith in Christ. When he becomes your Savior and Lord, you gained a mission, and you gained an enemy. Your mission is to take back souls from that enemy. 
souls that the, the devil, your enemy, has stolen. Ephesians 6 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may stand, be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, the truth is this. The devil has always been your enemy. He's always despised you. You are a creation of Christ. But when you belong to Christ at that moment and the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you when you put faith in Christ, then he really has a mission to destroy you. He, you really became his enemy. He wasn't worried about you before. Let me say it that way. But when you receive Christ, and now you are uh, influence others for Christ, you are his enemy. He wants to destroy you. Now, we don't worry about him because we are part of the army of God. And we have an incredible weapons. We have heaven on our side. We don't have to worry about the enemy. The church is the army of God, and Move Church is a battalion of soldiers ready to do our part. In other words, Move Church, listen to me, you are dangerous to the kingdom of the devil. Battalion defined as a large body of troops ready for battle, a large organized group of people pursuing a common aim or sharing a major undertaking. And together as a church, we have a great commission to fulfill, don't we? We are here to plunder hell and populate heaven. That's what the Lord wants us to do. And not just move church. There's many other great churches that have joined and a part of the army of God. Second Corinthians says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to demolish strongholds that we have mighty supernatural weapons given to us that have divine power to demolish the stronghold of the enemy. You didn't, did you know you were a part of the army of God? Did you know that you had an enemy? If not, you, you need to know. And did you know that God had a mighty mission for you? There is a soldier's creed for the U.S. Army. I pulled this up on the Internet, so it may not be correct. I guess anybody serving in the U.S. Army or have served, you can tell me if I'm incorrect. You can tell me if this is right or wrong. But it shows this to be the U.S. Army soldier's creed. Let me read it to you. It says, I am an American soldier. I am a warrior and a member of a team. I serve the people of the United States and live the Army values. I will always place the mission first. I will never accept defeat. I will never quit. I will never leave a fallen comrade. Comrade sounds a little unusual, don't it? Maybe this is the Soviet Union's creed. I am disciplined physically and mentally tough, trained and proficient in my warrior task 
and drills. I always maintain my arms, my equipment, and myself. I am an expert, and I am a professional. I stand ready to deploy, engage, and destroy the enemies of the United States of America in close combat. I am a guardian of freedom and the American way of life. I am an American soldier. Don't we thank the Lord for our men and women that are serving our country and have served? Well, I believe there is a Christian soldier creed, and I believe it could sound something like this. I have been chosen before the foundations of the earth to be a part of an elite fighting force. My supreme commander has subdued kingdoms and nations, and I am honored to be in his service. I am a soldier in the army of God. I have been equipped with the most advanced armor available. I have been trained with supernatural weapons of mass destruction. I had to throw that in there. My mission is to neutralize the enemy and retrieve the captives. I will never leave another soldier behind. I am a soldier in the army of God. I understand the tactics of my enemy. I have subdued, excuse me, I have studied his schemes and his battle plans. I have been given the authority to use heavenly power against him to demolish every stronghold. I am a soldier in the army of God. I am committed to give my all until the objective is reached. I have fought fear and it lost. I counted an honor to give my all, even if it cost me my life. Say it with me. I am a soldier in the army of God. The banner of freedom that I hold was paid for by blood. I will protect it and defend it with all that I am. I will fight for freedom until all are free. I am a soldier in the army of God. I do not stand alone. There are many more with me than who are against me. We work in unison following our king until victory is declared and we are free to go home. We are soldiers in the army of God. Come on, let's give God a big praise. I mean, the devil's so worried about this message, he blew the computer up. Isn't that something? The devil did it or Katie did it. I'm not sure which one, but <laughs> as my sister-in-law, I could say that. So the ready church, the church is the body of Christ, and it must be ready to follow Christ's lead. The church is the bride of Christ, and it must, as the Scripture says, make herself ready. And the church is the army of God, and it must be ready to fight for the kingdom of God. I believe the greatest days are ahead for the church of Jesus. I believe there's coming a move of God that's going to turn this world upside down. I really believe that. I also believe that Christ's return is sooner than we think. He's coming to those who are ready and who are looking for him. The scriptures teach us that. And move church. We must be ready individually and corporately as a church 
for the plans, purposes, and power of God. So what does it look like? What does it look like when a church is ready? The scripture says the, the bride has made herself ready. What does that look like? Let me give you signs of a ready church. There are four signs of a ready church. The first one is this, if you're taking notes. A ready church is a holy church. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27 says this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he may sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he may present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Now, we know it's the work of Christ on the cross that makes us holy, that makes us righteous. He did that for us already. We just received that. But when we receive that gift of salvation, the scripture is very clear. We become, we're, we become holy instantly. When the Holy Spirit moves in, we become holy. But he also expects us to become more holy to become more like Christ. Holy means this. Holy means to be set apart, devoted and dedica dedicated to the Lord. This is what happens at salvation. The Holy Spirit moves in. He makes us holy, but then he begins to work holiness in us. Holiness does not mean perfect. Holy does not mean better than. Holy does not mean not capable of failing or sinning. But holy does mean that you desire to please the Lord more than you desire to please yourself. Holy does mean that even though you live in the world, that you are not worldly. It means that you have a desire to please the Lord uh, it goes way beyond what pleases everyone else in this mainstream culture that is pagan and ungodly. You want to please the Lord more than you want to please anyone else. The Bible says to find out what pleases the Lord. Psalms 92 says this. Excuse me, <laughs> that's on the screen. First Peter 1 says this, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Hebrews tells us this. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. My sweet mother grew up in a church, which we attended when I was a child, that preached holiness, and it, and it, but it was more achieved by what you look like. My sweet mother did not wear pants until she, if she went to the garden, she would put on a pair of pants. She did not wear makeup. She did not wear, wear jewelry. And at that time, that was thought to have been holy. But the problem is you can do all of that and still be a devil on the inside. Holiness is not about a list of rules. Now, it will affect how you dress. All right, come on. But it begins in your heart. 
It is a desire to please the Lord. It is a desire. If the Holy Spirit says, I don't do that or, or stay away from that or do this, that's what you do. It, is, it comes with him. It's not man-made rules and regulations. And the Holy Spirit puts us all on the same page. If you're serving the Holy Spirit and you're listening to him, you're going to follow what he says, and it's going to be in perfect agreement. And that's holy living, a desire to please the Lord among, beyond yourself or beyond anyone else. And move, church. We must reach the world, but we must not live like the world to do so. The world is looking for truth. The world is looking for someone that says, this is the way to the Lord. And, and I'm not perfect, and I may mess up, but I'm going to repent, and I'm still going to go after God. Come on. And as Paul says, Paul said this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Paul is saying, if you do as I do, you're going to be okay with Jesus. And bride of Christ, that's what it means to make ourselves ready that we go before the Lord and say, Lord, we want to please you more than ourselves or anybody else. Perfect holiness in me. I want to look more like you every day. And when we do that, we live a holy life pleasing to the Lord, and then we can affect other people for Jesus. I'm convinced that some people look at the church, the Christian, and they say, if that's what Jesus looks like, I'm okay like I am. Not perfect, but we should be going after the Lord, pleasing him and giving others a good image of what he looks like. Amen? And that's what it means to make ourselves ready. Now, a ready church is also this. A ready church is a praying church. The computer is complete, huh? Pray for the computer, y'all. That's okay. Uh, the ready church is a praying church. Listen to this statement, if you would. A church that is not praying is a church that's just playing. Let's go ahead and bring it on personal. A people, a person that's not playing is a person that's just playing with the devil. Ooh, it's quiet in here, ain't it? Just playing Christianity. Just, I think the devil says about, about people that don't pray, I think he says this, oh, they're just playing around with Christianity. No need to worry about them. But when you begin to pray, when you begin to get along with the Lord, you begin to operating in the supernatural. The devil will move you up on his hit list. You begin to shake his kingdom when you begin to pray in God's presence. You begin to pray for your family, for your spouse. You begin to pray for that lost family, those lost coworkers. When you begin to say, God, let your kingdom be done on earth as it is in heaven, then the devil takes notice of you. Any other time you come into church, you ain't, you ain't developing a personal relationship with the Lord. He ain't worried about you. He says, you just play it. 
And a ready church is a praying church. A ready person is a praying person. I don't want God to move without me knowing about it. I'm talking about I don't want him to move by me in a place that I'm at without me knowing about it. And we saw that in the New Testament that the Messiah, the one that they had waited for, the children of Israel, they had waited for all generations up until that point. He's been prophesied about. He was standing before them, breathing on them with his words, and they did not see him. But when we pray, we have this fellowship with the Lord, a fellowship with his spirit, and God begins to ready us to be a part of his mighty army. See, I believe every Christian is an intercessor. You may not have what we would call spiritual gifting of intercession, but you become an intercessor. What's an intercessor? Someone that stands before the Lord on behalf of the people. And dads, when you begin to live for the Lord, you become the the intercessor for your house. And you can stand before the Lord and say, God, I know all these other teenagers are going this way and that way, and they say it's hard to uh, to reach them, but not mine. And, Lord, I'm asking you to dispatch angels I'm asking you to do whatever necessary to make sure my child turns their eyes toward you and their heart is given to you for the rest. You you see what I'm saying. And moms, you are an intercessor for your family. Moms, you're an intercessor for that husband. You are an intercessor for your church. A ready church is a praying church. I've mentioned quite a few times about the Brownsville revival that happened in July of Um, excuse me, June of 95 and lasted for many years after that and had a a privilege of being able to go a a few times. Um, I I don't know if I've said many times, me and Patty actually moved there to be a part of the ministry school and God redirected us for missions while we were there. But uh, a great move of God got to see, uh, man, a church who was positioned to reach the lost, man, hundreds of thousands of people receive salvation through that great move of God. But what you don't hear about a lot of times is about two and a half years before that first revival broke out, that first service where God began to overflow uh, in in, uh, the lives of people. About two and a half years before that, the pastor called a prayer meeting with a focus on revival. Come on, move church. And they begin to pray and seek God for him to do a work in their church, in their lives, in their nation. And that revival really touched the world. Move church, I ask you, would you please pray? You say, we have prayer every Wednesday night except the first Wednesday night. I am believing, I've told those, those warriors that show up on Wednesday nights that we're praying. I believe for a prayer revival where a crowd like this shows up just to spend an hour with the Lord in prayer. And then miracles will begin to happen. Words begin to be given in an environment where we're focused on the Lord in prayer. Now, I'm not putting a guilt trip on you if you cannot come. I'm just asking you to spend some time in prayer for your church. It's in addition to your personal time with the Lord. We must pray. 
When we pray, incredible things begin to happen. When the church prays, heaven responds and hell retreats. I got to say it one more again. When we pray, heaven responds and hell retreats. How many of you need hell to get away from your family? How many of you need the devil to get his hands off your children? Pray and ask heaven to respond, and it will. Second Corinthians seven fourteen. I wish that was on the screen. I'm going to read the address again. Second Chronicles. Excuse me. I got to look at my own notes. Second Chronicles seven fourteen is our church address. Our church address is 2714 Highway 468. This is our church address, and it says, If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I think there's something fishy going on because my computer's broke, but the timer's still going. I think there's something to rock. The devil is a lie. Quickly, let me give you three benefits of a praying church. Three benefits, three, excuse me, three results. Spiritual hunger. Spiritual hunger. It's a... It's a hunger inside to be close to the Lord. It is a desire. God, I just want to spend time with you. It's your repentance and salvation when the church prays. Do you people that have never known the Lord have a desire? Say, I just want to know him. If, if he's touching your life like that, man, I need him myself. Repentance. When the church prays, that person that's been sitting in church 20 years, not cold and complacent, the Lord begins to thaw a frozen heart and begins to renew their first love. When the church prays. Miracles is the third thing. Miracles begin to happen. Miracles that start out like this. I don't know what happened. All I know is I would just bow on my head while the preacher opened it, the message. And what? Miracles came. Can we be a praying church? Can we make ourselves ready? Be that army of God that is used to do amazing things for the kingdom of God? Praying church has access to heaven and its weapons. Let me give you number three. A ready church is a worshiping church. It's a worshiping church. Worship is a lifestyle. It begins in the heart like holiness, and it's expressed with our life, with our words and our actions. And when we come together as a church, I love that song that they sing in an atmosphere. I, this is not word for word, but basically in an atmosphere like this, anything can happen. And that's true. We see that in Scripture. 
that when people come together that are living worship and they begin to raise their hands in worship, those, those praises go up, that worship goes up, and we see in Scripture many times the glory of God comes down. Psalms 22 says this, But thou art holy, O Lord, that inhabitest the praises of people. That's King James, inhabitest. Let me tell you what that is in Hebrew. It's yashab, yashab, and it's to, listen to this, it means to sit down in authority, especially to judge, to correct what's right, what's wrong, and to make it right. So the scripture is teaching us that when we have hearts of worship and hands lifted together in worship in an environment like this, the glory of God comes to sit on his throne and he knows how to correct what's wrong and make it right. Isn't that awesome? That if there's something in your life that you don't even know how bad it's hindering you, he will show you that. And you'll have a desire to say, Lord, I'll get that out of my life. I want to be right with you. Or there's, there's a demonic force attacking you. The Lord during worship knows how to say, ah, that's enough. No more. He knows how to turn your disease around just like that. That's what happens when we come and we hearts together worship the Lord. A ready church is a worshiping church. Miracles can take place. Demonic influence can be judged, cast out. Our own hearts can be opened up to receive what the Lord has for us. Thank you, Move Church, for being a worshiping church. It's the reason why we have a freedom in this house, that we come together worshiping our Savior, our Lord. Would the worship team come back up? And Mike, would you please come back up? Let me give you the fourth one. The ready church is an expecting church. It is an expecting church. Would you stand with me after you write that blank? It's an expecting church. I feel expectancy in this house today, don't you? We're fixing to close. We're going to close with the song that fits this message so well. I appreciate Mike being willing to do it. What would happen if the majority of us came each Sunday full of faith and expectancy? What would happen? I can tell you what would happen. Anything. Anything could happen. The scripture says that in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. How many of you understand his footsteps are bigger than yours? You take a step toward him, he takes a bigger step toward you. Expectancy is a byproduct of hope. You have a reason to hope today, child of God. I don't care what the devil has lied to you and told you. You got a reason to have hope today.
You're in a place where the presence of the Lord is rich. His glory is here. His love is turned toward you. He's not done with you yet, as the psalm just we sang. So today, I would just implore you to not hold anything back and say, Lord, I trust you. I have hope in you again. I'm believing you to work in my life. I'm not holding on to it anymore. I'm surrendering to you completely and totally. In other words, you're saying, Lord, if you're waiting on me to be ready, I'm ready today. Would you lift up your hand? Would you make a declaration to the Lord? If there's sin in your life, we're fixing to take care of that. But Lord, I'm ready to go closer to you than I've ever been before. I'm ready to be a part of your army. I'm ready to be used by you. I'm not going to hold back anymore. Let's go ahead and pray a commitment prayer. If there's sin in your life with your hands raised, let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.